You know, there are very few words that you can say uh, just in culture and in life that, uh, that really holds such a level of significance and seriousness. And there are so many things we say so often that, that don't carry that. Like, for instance, like I, I see my sixth grade boys. I love my sixth grade boys, small group. They're so cool. And I see them all the time, and I, I'll put my arm around them, and I'll give them a high five. I'll tell them that, you know, I love you guys. I think you, you're fantastic. You know, I think the world of you, I pray for you guys often, and, and you know, I'll ask you how you're doing, so those are questions that I ask, and probably questions your small group leaders ask. How you doing? How you feeling? You know, I love you. I care about you. Man, I see, I see great things in you. I, these are things that I say often. Now, because I say them often doesn't change the fact that they're true, but sometimes when you say something so often, it loses the zest of what it's meant to mean. Like it loses the oomph, uh, the, the creative punch that it carries. And words can carry those things, it's true. You know, I, I'm getting ready to get married, and a lot of you guys know that. I'm super sorry. 34 days away. 34 days away, it's crazy. Now this is the thing. This is the thing. Very rarely in my life have I ever said the words, I do. And I was really thinking, about it, and I'm totally serious, I've really thought about this. When in my life have I ever really said, I do? And it's hard to pick one time. Like, it just, it doesn't come to my mind that quickly, because it's one of those phrases that you just don't say that often. But the thing is, when you do say it, there's real meaning behind it. You know, I'm super traditional, I'm totally old school, so me and Brittany, we're not going to see, and if you know anything about weddings, you know this is true, we're not going to see each other the entire day before the ceremony. Really, the, the night before, uh, I'm a, we're doing the rehearsal dinner, I'm going to say goodbye to her, and then I'm going to go do my stuff with my groomsmen, and she's going to do stuff with her bridesmaids and her mom, and you know, we're not going to see each other until we're actually, until I'm standing there in my tux, which looks really killer by the way, and... <laughs> And I'm watching her, now picture this, okay? Watching her walking down the aisle in this beautiful white dress that I know she has picked out and I haven't seen it yet. And she's going to be walking and I, I've been to the place so I know where we're getting married. And I've stood there and we've all done this before. We've stood there and imagined what it would be like to do that. I've stood at main stage at, in our church before and I stand there in front of all the seats and I imagine what would it be like to preach up here, preach about Jesus up here. And I stood at the place where at the altar where I'm going to marry my soon-to-be wife and I thought to myself, man, what's it going to be like watching her come around the corner and exit the, where she's going to be staying and coming around the tables and the chairs and walking and her father walking her down the aisle to me and shaking my hand and, and having her stand right in front of me and have the pastor just lead us through the ceremony, lead us through what it means to be in a committed marriage relationship together and then looking at her in the eye after being asked if I'd take her to be my wife and saying the words I do. Now, the thing is, I'll remember those words in the moment I said them for the rest of my life because in there carries so much weight and power and significance. Anyone who's married will tell you this. They'll never forget that moment. Now, this is the thing. The same thing carries true in the Bible. There are certain words, certain things that carry a level of significance and a level of weight that when you see them and you read them, it, you remember where you were when you saw it. You, it's depicted so clearly for you in the scriptures. 
You know, there's this word Emmanuel, and we've been talking about it a few times tonight, and we, we, Jason was talking about it a little bit, and we sang about it. And this is what's so crazy, you might not know this. The word Emmanuel is actually only used three times in the Bible. Twice in the Old Testament, talking about Jesus. Once in the New Testament. And, I mean, really think about that. With all the words, with all the things we talk about Jesus and describe Jesus uh, and embody what Jesus is about, only one time in the entire New Testament does it use this one big word, this one significant statement that when it's said, it's not said in passing, it's not said just to any old person, it's not used in every single sermon, no, 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 no. It's used at a specific time and place of significance. This is what the Bible tells me. In, uh, in John, or not John, where is it? In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, this is what it says. But after he had considered this, and this is jo- Joseph talking, because uh, he's considering the fact that his, his bride-to-be, this, this teenage girl Mary, is now pregnant. Uh, he just found this out. This is what he's considering. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not Be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, so she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. In verse 22, it says this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, and the prophet Isaiah, the only other two times it was used. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is so significant. This isn't a word just thrown around. This is not a statement that they just casually talk about. This isn't a usely uh, used uh, word uh, just to describe any old thing. No, 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 no. It was only used three times. The one time in the New Testament is in reference to what the prophet said, that there is a man coming who is not like any other man before him. This is significant. This is not a Passover. This is not softball stuff. This is hardball. This is, the, this is serious, big, stick, baseball, home run kind of stuff. I got to use baseball analogies. The boys won't get it, okay? This is big, serious you know, football in the end zone, catching it. This football analogy, how the boys get it? This is big soccer goal FIFA 2013 kind of stuff. This is big ticket stuff. Because this is what he's saying. I don't need to use analogies. Girls will get this. <laughs> he's saying that God is with us. That God is now with us. That we're no longer alone that we're no longer in search for where he is or where he could be. No, 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 no. God is with us. He's here. That he came for a purpose, that he stepped out of heaven, he stepped out of this timeless world that he lived in and stepped into human history. Now, this is the thing. Sometimes we miss this. And it's so easy to do around Christmas because I've done it before as a Christian. We get, we, we get so uh, excited about the gifts that are coming, and maybe gifts are already under some of your trees. 
And you get so pumped for getting the family together and all hanging out. And I'm going, I'm spending family at Brittany's house uh, with her family. We're going to spend Christmas there. And we have a whole itinerary of things we're going to do Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And you're excited about that because you're going to get to see family you don't get to see. You, you, maybe you get, you have different traditions in your home. I love tradition. I'm a traditional guy in a lot of ways. You know, you might not believe that, but it's totally true. I'm excited about these little traditions that I'm going to make up with Brittany as time goes on. But sometimes we get so distracted with that. Sometimes we get so focused on those things that we miss the whole reason of Christmas. The whole reason of an angel coming down and talking to a young father, a young soon-to-be husband, and saying, no, 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 it's fine. Take her as your wife. Because he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. We miss that during Christmas sometimes. We get focused on so many other things. We get distracted by it. And maybe you're sitting here and you're like, that's totally me right now. I'm totally distracted. That Christmas is happening. People are shopping. Uh, you know, craziness is happening. Uh, you know, I'm picking out, I'm making my list for, for Santa uh, or my parents or, you know, whoever it is that buys you gifts. I have no idea. Maybe it's still Santa. And you're so, dis- you're so distracted that maybe a night like this is exactly what you need. Maybe a night like this where we get together and we pray together and we worship together and we get to hear just a tiny bit about who Jesus is, this idea that that God with us is pointing directly to Jesus. That God with us is pointing to Jesus. That everything Jesus was about Everything he stood for, everything he did, he did for us. And to come here and to be part of what we were doing and to live life with us and to save us for our sins and to give us an option, to give us a choice out of sin, out of death. We get so distracted. What if this Christmas, what if we didn't get distracted this Christmas? What if this Christmas was different than other Christmases? What if this Christmas, for a moment, we just paused? We didn't talk as fast. We didn't move as fast. Maybe we didn't tweet everything we see or Instagram everything that looks delicious at the Christmas table. Maybe this Christmas, we take a moment to truly reflect, truly consider what it means in our own life to follow Emmanuel, to follow Jesus, the man who is God with us. Oh, what does it look like? Now listen, listen, listen. Only you can answer that. Only you can say to yourself, well, for me, for me, this is what it's going to look like for me. This is what it does look like for me. That, you know, I can't speak for my friends. I can't speak for others in the room. I can't even speak for my family. It would be inappropriate for me to do so. All I can speak for is me. What it looks like to really give thanks this season for who Jesus is. You know, there's this song. This is a killer song. And I'm going to invite Jason back up in the band, and they're going to play it for us. And it's a picture of a young boy. Now think about this, think about this. Young boy who has nothing. Very, very little. He has this drum. And a lot of you guys have heard this song before. But listen, listen, listen. He has this drum. 
And with it, he plays music to glorify God, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus. And he doesn't have a lot, but he has something. And that something he has, he gives over to God in worship of him. And what is your something? I want to set up this prayer wall. I want you guys to use it. And you might ask, well, how am I going to use it today? How, what, what's the, what, what, what are we praying for, giving thanks for? What, what are we recognizing today? Well, this is what I want you guys to be thinking about. They're going to start playing. And I want you to consider this. What are the things that you're thankful for that God has done so far in your three months of small groups? Maybe what has God shown you that you didn't know before about him during this last three months of small groups? What, what are you looking for God to do more in the next three months of small groups? And maybe you could write about what, what are the implications for you in believing in Emmanuel, God with us? What does that mean for you? I'm going to let them start playing because I just love the sound of beautiful music. And I want you guys to just take a minute. Just bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray. And then I'm going to dismiss you to the prayer wall. Now, listen to the thing. It is not a race to the prayer wall. Don't feel you have to rush over there. Take your time. When you're ready, stand on up, go over there, and write something and leave it in the wall. Something you're thankful for, something that you want to continue to pray for, something that God has shown you in small groups. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for being a God who is for us and with us and will never leave us. Thank you for nights like this where we can do worship together. And thank you for these students who have a heart to learn about you, Emmanuel. God with us. We pray this in your name. Amen.